Yakshamash, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys go to Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, uh, analysis. And, of course, uh, for those, uh, I'll be tomorrow night at the Kohl Center to celebrate Frank Kaminsky night where they'll, a bunch of festivities. Make sure you get there at 5.40 uh, p.m. at the, you know, before that, hopefully, because uh, at 5.45 they'll have a big ceremony. There's going to be a 3D projection onto the court, which is supposed to be really cool. So make sure you guys get there. And then uh, if you guys can't make it out to the game, uh, during halftime they'll have the festivities. Uh, they'll have another some more ceremonies going on during the half between Wisconsin and, and Purdue. And it, even though the, the game result may not be fun, We'll, oh, it won't be. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially after back-to-back losses by the Boilermakers, I'm sure they want to assert themselves. And uh, who better else than uh, a beat-up and uh, and downtrodden Badger squad? But uh, for now, uh, I mean, I'm here joined by the Polish rifle Scott Wisniewski, who, uh, you know, we are. I, I'm sure he's ecstatic. It's Valentine's Day, but it's also uh, falls perfectly. Uh, where pitchers and catchers reported to spring training. And, of course, now we're getting into it. Milwaukee Brewers, a lot of hype on uh, maybe not necessarily pitchers yet, uh, but we're going to start our spring training preview, our 2018 season preview. And, Scotty, you know, we're in, you know you and I both agreed we're going to talk about the starting pitching maybe a little bit later if there's some more news that drops uh, coming up in the next week or two. But let's, let, you know, let's, let's look at, you know, we want to hear about the big splashes and we wanted to start talking about – Previews there. Let's talk about outfield. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, you know. yeah. I, I do want to talk about outfield. I just want to ask you this question though: Is there any truth to the rumor that um, uh, Frank Kaminsky is going to uh, deny ever being a Badger? Why? Well, after the way this team has played no, this year, absolutely um, no. I think we're good. No, okay. No. 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 All right, because I would. But um, anyway, I'm just I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. Let's talk about the outfield and. And the Milwaukee Brewers, and, and let's talk about what we know first. And then there's some pieces that are unknown because essentially there's six major players here, and I'm not counting Hernan Perez and Eric Thames who can play the outfield in a pinch. Actually, Hernan Perez can play just about everywhere. But right now on this 40-man roster, you have Ryan Braun, who looks like he's going to be your left fielder. You have Lorenzo Kane, who's going to be your center fielder, and you have Christian Yelich, who's going to be in right. Now we've talked about it a couple. Though so there's some chance that Ryan Braun, well, we know he's going to play some first base in, in spring training. He could be a guy who, put, who fills in there a little bit when he's not playing the outfield, especially against lefties when Thames is struggling. The question marks are the following three players. Domingo Santana, um, Brett Phillips, and Keon Broxton. Because I can't see a world where all six of these guys take up a roster spot, especially, like as I mentioned, when you have a sixth outfielder and essentially either Thames or um, um, even VR can play the outfield. So I, there's another guy. So I don't think they're going to keep all six of those guys I just mentioned. The question is, who won't be here? You know, there's been some talk that Brett Phillips could have been traded for another pitching arm or Santana or a combination of both. I still see a scenario where you can keep a guy like Santana with Ryan Braun spending some time at first base, you know uh, the injuries happen throughout a season, and I really do think you could have five players for four positions. The Brewers feel that way, but I do. So I, I guess we're going to find out in the next few weeks which of those three players is still with the Brewers. Again, Santana, Phillips, or Broxton. 
Broxton likely uh, would be the guy you keep around if one of these other guys gets moved for a pitcher, right? I mean, because Broxton, though he strikes out a lot, he's not he's not a terrible fourth or fifth outfielder. I mean, I don't like him as a starting outfielder, but he's certainly a guy that can help this team uh, in in certain spots. I, I I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't. I, I don't. I, I mean, with the way I mean, Kia, Kia and how and how the struggles that he's had, right? Like, I'm wondering. Just maybe it. I I think Phillips may be the one to stay. I think he's versatile. I think his arm is is plus. Well, well there. hang on before you before you say anything. Phillips could be the fourth outfield right. if Santana's dealt. I mean, so I'm I'm not saying I'm 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 assuming Santana or Phillips, one of those guys, feel like if one of them gets moved, Broxton's got a spot on the bench. I yeah. I think. If, I don't think Phillips going to the minors. If Phillips doesn't get traded, he's on this roster. I, I, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I'm just trying to see a scenario where both Phillips and Santana stay on this roster uh, when they're probably the most tradable assets. If you're going to trade for a pitcher, if you're not going to hit the free agent market and you're going to trade, you'd have to tr- think one of those two guys, if not both, would be dealt, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I have a feeling that one of the two would be dealt. I think it's depending on what other teams want. And, it, you know, I, I don't th- I think they're also part of a package deal where they're going to have to be, something else is going to have to be traded alongside with them because I don't know other teams. I, I'm sure they're looking for not just a starting outfielder. And both, you know, Domingo obviously uh, has the, the stats from last year and, and over, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, in your opinion, if you overachieved or not, but, uh, but he, I mean, he made himself known and, and, you know, he stuck in there and became a name in that Brewers outfield. And I wonder, you know, with with Brett, you know, with Phillips, he has that ability to be, you know, like he, you've seen the potential. And if, if he gets more at bats, I'm wondering what they can do, you know, how much more, how much he can progress and develop and get more in that rhythm uh, in the, during the season. I will say, too, I mean, yeah, I do feel I, I agree that I think, I think it may be one or the other. But I also wonder what they're going to do with Braun with, with, with pot, you know, the potential of, you know, they've talked about it on Brewers on Deck, if right, about him possibly, you know, he they've talked and discussed him getting some work at first base. I'm not saying, oh, right, you know. Right, but he wouldn't be your every, I don't think he's your everyday first baseman unless you're going to deal Tames. Right, I mean, but it does give you a little hint of flexibility though, right? So like maybe there is a highly outside chance that, you know, you have, obviously you have Kane and Yelich not going anywhere. But, you know, if Braun's over at first, then you have, you know, you know, between Broxton, Phillips, Santana. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're going to de- I'm sure they're going to deal one of the two or, or something's going to happen where they can get, you know, maybe a second baseman, maybe, you know, or, you know, some sort of starting or relief pitcher with look, Phillips or Santana. Look, I, let me ask you this about Broxton. So you asked if I think he overachieved. I, I don't necessarily feel that way. He's he was 24 last year. Um he just turned 25 in August, okay? Usually, major leaguers, and again, some guys peak early, some guys peak late, but 27 is when they hit their prime. I, I look at this guy, and I look at some of the similarity scores on baseball reference uh, through age 24, and some of the guys that show up there, you know, Randall Gritchick, Michael Conforto, those are contemporaries of his, right? Pat Burrell, who had a decent career. If he, if he were Pat Burrell, who's the number two similarity score through 24. I take a Pat Burrell, but he's another guy that's on the list is a Larry Walker. I don't think he's Larry Walker, but if he's somewhere between Pat Burrell and Larry Walker, I think he's a fine ball player. 
think you could net a lot for him. The key is to find other teams who see the same upside as, you know, baseball reference does, for example. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have the depth. And this is, you know, obviously having a, a deep farm system, having a deep, you know, outfield, uh, it does give the ability, I will say, to, to mix and match and find your best. Uh, Graham, I'm looking at more of a, almost from a college football analyst perspective of like, you know, Wisconsin with their offensive line, right. Where you can't have too much depth, uh, just due to injuries. And so we'll, we'll see how spring training plays out and see like what cards fall, uh, for major league base, you know, with, for the brewers in that matter. But I, let me, let yeah. me, let me stay here for one second before we move on, because the other side of the coin is Brett Phillips. And I, I feel like I'm in the minority when I say, that I'm not as I don't see his ceiling as high as some other people have. Okay, um, and I think some of it is you know his batting average of balls in play, which could be a little deceiving. He still swings and misses quite a bit, and those are things that are just they're just a fact. I mean that's that you know. And again, he's 24 too, but he's essentially the same age as Domingo Santana. And would you say if you had to pick one of those two right now? Forget about the fact that Phillips is funny and likable and blah, 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 blah. Just talking about baseball. If you were looking at a track for both of these players, who has the more upside to you? To you. To not forget about like what other people might value. Your opinion on both of these outfielders, which one do you take if you had to pick only one? What, Phillips or Santana? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Phil. I mean, oh, that, that's a tough question. I, I think... I may say Phillips just because not just the bat, but I, the you know the defense. I think Santana just still is a little, uh, you know, he, he made some plays, but defensively it looked a little awkward. Uh, right. So I think Phillips has that ability on the defensive end. I, okay, I, so I, I, I also your think, defense, you're you're yeah. right. I'm I'm telling you, if you think that he's going to be a better hitter, and you could prove it, think people who think that are going to be wrong. I really do. Right. But. Right. You know, so again, are you looking for offense? Or are you looking for defense? Do you think you have enough offense in this lineup that if Phillips had a start because someone got hurt, there's enough protection around him? Because yeah, he'll help you in the field, but I think he's going to hurt you. You know, they talk about Broxton being a high strikeout guy. Brett Phillips last year, um, in 103 plate appearances, struck out 34 times. Uh, that's a high number of Ks. Right. No, I also know that. I mean, he there are times too where he didn't. I, I'm just saying. You know, if he gets more consistent at bats, maybe that changes. And, and you know, obviously it's his, you know, a call up that season, and you know, the inconsistencies of, of going up and down between the minors and, and the big leagues leagues is something else too. So maybe if he stays on there, and then again, like I said, I'm projecting. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and in, in compared to what he actually did on the field. Last and I'm not year. saying I'm not speaking for you. I'm not saying you're doing this, but I really that some people are rating him higher because they like him. I, I mean, that's just, I, I'm sorry, that's just how I feel about it. I, I, I think that, you know, p- people want him to succeed. And to be quite honest with you, as a Brewer fan, I want both of these guys to be widely successful. I worry about his 2016 year in the minors when he hit 229. He bounced back a little last year in Colorado Springs, mind you, which is right. certainly a hitter's p- park. But even in the minors, 432 plate appearances, 129 Ks. That, and those are consistent at bats. That's a lot of plate appearances. It's also a lot of Ks. So 
I, I don't know. I, again, somebody's going to value one of these guys over the other, some team, because I really don't think we we get to the to opening day with both of these guys on the roster. I just I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I mean, and we'll see what becomes of it and, and how what shakes out. But uh, you know, I think this outfield is definitely a strength of the, of the team. Now that you have Lorenzo Kane, we haven't even talked about Lorenzo Kane really. You know where. Right. Right. You know, signed to a, what was a reported five-year, $80 million deal. Yeah, and people are mad about the length of the deal. I get it. I'm telling you, if you get three really excellent years out of it, I, I'll be and, – and two good years, mediocre years, not horrible years, I think it, it's a – again, I understand or worry about a guy playing into his late 30s with – you know, because it's going to slow him down and yada, yada, yada. I get it. But I, I like the move. I, I thought it was a good move. Yeah, so I think – uh, you know, I think it'll be something. Um, just what they've done to bolster that that lineup. You know, they have Travis Shaw, they still have Braun. Uh, if they do keep Santana, but you have Kristen Yelich, you know, as well. So I think this is a team. You know, this is a great outfield, um, and and they have this opportunity to to improve that lineup. I you know I depending on what happens, you know, down the you know we'll talk about the pitchers coming up. So we'll we'll see if one of those floating pieces do. Uh, decide, you know, if management can move them for a starting pitcher or, or they're going to need, or they're gonna need or a starting pitcher to compete. They really will. Look, we haven't even talked about Darvish signing with the Cubs. Right. And I'm okay that, that he did because it's a lot of money. but And a lot of years. You know, in the long term. But in the short term, that if you thought the Brewers were closing the gap on the Cubs, the Cubs widened that gap considerably, at least in the short term, by signing Darvish. There's no – you can't argue that. You know, again, a lot of Brewer fans want to feel optimistic. I want to feel optimistic. Truth of the matter is right now, and we're not going to break down the whole rotation. We promised we wouldn't. But right now, there's still a rotation that has Brett Suter and Giovanni Gallardo potentially starting or, or a Brandon Woodruff, who's been unproven, as your four and five starters. That's not going to win you a lot, man. I'm sorry. It's not going to do it. So there's got to be a move, whether it's a guy like Cobb, whether it's uh, a guy like Lynn, whether it's Arietta, which is probably they trade for Archer, whether they make some smaller moves like bringing in a Jason Vargas, whatever it is, it, this can't be the rotation going into April or the gap hasn't closed at all. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, And we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about the infield. We're going to talk about catchers in a minute. Talk more about the infield because you know, I, some people are feeling this could be a bounce back year for Jonathan VR. I feel similar to that. You know, we can talk about that down the road, but let's talk about the catchers for a minute. Um, I thought last year they made a nice in-season pickup uh, transaction by getting Stephen Vogt. Um, I think that and the fact that Manny Pena had a, a surprising year. I mean, to be quite honest, Manny Pena to me was a who? Like, who? who's Manny Pena? Um, he, he did a really good job. The pitchers seemed to like him. I think they're set at catcher. You take that and you throw in um, – uh, you know, guys like Jet Bandy and, and, and whatnot. I think your your catchers are no superstar here. There's not the next Johnny Bench. I think you've got enough offense and enough defense to, to make things work. And it also helps that Stephen Volk can play first base in a pinch. Hopefully you don't need him to because that would mean people had gotten hurt and, and whatnot. But uh, I, I don't know. I think the catching spot is is fine. And really, for me, I'm happy with the catchers if the pitchers are comfortable with the catchers. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? Right. right. And, and I mean, look at Vote. 
you know, that's big, you know, so, I mean, he came in, you know, two-time all-star, right, from Oakland, 217 uh, last year before uh, he, he got to the Brewers, and, and with that, I mean, 45 games, 20 RBIs, and, you know, um, so, you know, the, the OPS was at 789, so, I mean, I guess it's, you know, he was a nice pickup, I think, you hit on the head with Manny Pena too. I think this, you know, uh, now with the boat there, possibly for for the entire season, you know, things can get better and more, be more comfortable too. So there could be more success. But I like Pena. I, I like Pena a lot as well. So I mean, it, it, this year, I mean, I'm, and I'm also looking, like I said, on the active roster right now. You know, Jet Bandy, he's got experience and he. He served. Uh, he was service definitely serviceable at the very least last year. You also have Jacob Nottingham. Yeah, well, right, and that's that's a good, that's what I wanted to kind of get to um, when we talk about you know played in A ball last year. Right now, I think they're fine at catcher, and I, I don't think they're going to go out and do anything because even though his batting average was down the last couple of years, the Brewers still believe in the 22 year old Jacob Nottingham as the guy who could be the catcher of the future still now. Again, it does trouble me that his batting average dropped off, you know, precipitously from 2016 to um, 2017, where he went from 234 to um, last year's nine um, with nine home runs. But again, I, I still think that there's belief that he could be the guy down the road. And I mean, and, you know, they um, they just traded Andrew Susak, right? Yeah. Um, another catcher, like he uh, was designated for assignment. They was to the Mets. Am I not mistaken? Not mistaken. Um, so yeah, they shipped him out. So that means too, yeah. You know. Well, I, and, and you could only. I mean, that, the other thing too is you had four guys that had some major league experience. Susak maybe the least amount, but still a lot of people thought he had upside. But there was no way you were going to be able to carry. You know, one of those guys probably Jeff Bandy is going to start the season in AAA and be the catcher down there, right? I mean, you know. You know Susak now would be blocking guys like Nottingham, who might be the catcher to start AAA too. Who knows, right? You right. can't have two veterans in Nottingham on the same AAA roster. It just it doesn't do any good to, for anybody. So I think it was the right move for for Susak. It just it didn't make a whole lot of sense uh, for them to have kept them around otherwise. And, and a guy who didn't do much in the limited time in Milwaukee. Um, but, you know, prior to that, he's had some flashes for the Giants, and, and they were high on him when he was coming up to the system. So wherever he ends up um, starting the season and, and wherever he catches on, I think he's with Baltimore now. But, I mean, if they keep him there, I mean, I think at 27, he's still got some uh, uh, some chances to make a major league roster down the road, but it wasn't going to be the Brewers, and, and that's the reason they, they jettisoned him from the, from the 40-man roster. Yeah, and you know what we'll do coming up next week as well. We're gonna break down uh, for the Brewers. Well, you know, there's obviously we still gotta talk infielders. We still gotta talk uh, relief pitchers, starting pitchers. We're gonna fit this all up in the next couple of weeks, especially with uh, and like I said, we're, we're postponing the starting pitcher talk just because of simple fact, just in case something happens right along those lines uh, of of a trade or a signing. Uh, because right now that they still need at least one more pitcher. To stay competitive and also, you know, especially with what just happened. So let's, let's talk about that before we switch over for a quick buck segment. Who, you know, who they're now number four uh, in the Eastern Conference uh, for the NBA uh, if the playoffs were to end today. But uh, you, Darvish, signing with the 
you know, with the Cubs, it was reported, uh, you know, it was, uh, I forgot, was it Ken Rosenthal or someone, uh, they reported uh, six years, about $126 million, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, yes, yes, $126 million. Is that a vacuum I hear in the background? It, it is. <laughs> um, I'm at an office, and uh, I guess our crew is in the, to clean things here, so I'll try to uh, get away from that here. Anyway. <laughs> It's all good, uh, but no, but you know, six years, so not five years. You know, Darvish is over thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, you're, I mean, a lot of people have been going back and forth like, oh, it's a lot of years. Oh, but you know, instead of twenty-six million, it's twenty-one million, so they've saved some money there. Uh, your thoughts on the signing of, you know, of an ace to a, a pitching staff that's gonna, you know, you have, you know, Lester, you have Hendricks, you got uh, Quintana, um, and, and now you have Darvish added to it. Well, for, let's be honest. If if they figured out um, how to keep him from tipping his pitches, you know he's got at least five years, maybe four, really good years in him. It's a it's a great signing for the Cubs. It really is, and it's unfortunate if the Brewers don't match that signing with at least some more depth at the starting pitching position. Because uh, that, to me, you know, this as I said, it it really puts it really puts the Cubs. It widens that gap between. Um, you know, where the Cubs and the Brewers are. And uh, right now the Cubs are, again, in my opinion, a team that beat in this division simply based on that move alone. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that, that tips Brewers' hand, maybe Arietta. I don't know. That's something to watch there. I mean, I, I, it doesn't have to be Arietta. Like, that's the thing. I know that's funny, too, for this market to invest. It could be a Cobb. It, it could be a trade. You know, I'd be even open to Salazar if you don't give up too much in that trade with Cleveland. For, for Cleveland have, yeah. yeah, but they have to do something, I guess. You know, again, we talked about it, and we'll get more in-depth about it in future weeks. You can't – Suter can't be your number three or four starter. Uh, he's a good fill-in. That, that's all he is. And if, if, if he's got to be your four um, – I mean, he might be your five until Nelson comes back, but if he's got to be a three or four starter – that's not good. That's not a recipe for winning. Right. And so we'll get into that coming up next week. Before we uh, let people go, uh, NBA, uh, Bucks winners over Atlanta, maybe not necessarily the cleanest win uh, from what I watched in the first half uh, for, for most of that game. Uh, but now 32-24, and 24, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and they are now in the number four spot if the playoffs would end today uh and uh just two games away from the resurgent cleveland cavaliers that have won four straight uh and and, uh you know obviously toronto and boston uh, are at one and two currently and i you know obviously cleveland revamped their lineup uh their roster for that matter uh and and trading drew wayne or wade and uh and taking care of uh isaiah thomas to the lake show um you know, it, it seems if, if the Bucks can secure that four spot, get that home playoff positioning, that can do wonders for them. Yeah, and they could. We'll see how things play out. I mean, they got some injuries. Uh, they signed Brandon Jennings to the D-League. Don't know if he'll make it to the big roster before the end of it all. But I still think they, if they play to their potential, they could be a four. Cleveland looks good again, as does Boston. Really, I think the next benchmark for the Bucks, they need to win a first-round playoff uh, series and. Uh, we'll see if that happens, but there's still much. Ba- I mean, All Star is coming up this weekend, and then you know, still a lot of basketball to be played. 
Exactly. So, and, and on that note with Brandon Jennings, too, he, he signed a G League contract as well. So it's with the Wisconsin Herd. So as a clarification, too, uh, you talk to guys like Eric Name and uh, others like our, our SB Nation site, brewhoop.com. Uh, you know, the, you know it's, and I think Eric Name's the one that said, said it um, from ESPN in Milwaukee. He signed a G League contract. He can sign with any other team that he wants to. Uh, he is, you know, he was picked up by the Herd. Uh, yeah, and they had, I think, waiver rights first. So they picked him up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he can still sign with other NBA teams. But right. based off right. of what's going on with the Bucks and injuries, how long Malcolm Brogdon's out, you know, could he come back quickly? Yeah, could he make a return uh, and play alongside Chris Middleton, to whom he was traded for? Yeah, who knows? Back? I mean, who flat knows? circle. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, we'll get a chance to talk more about that in upcoming weeks. And uh, But otherwise, I thought we, we covered quite a bit here in a short time. We did, we did. We'll, we'll keep them short and sweet, but uh, nice and succinct like we just have. Uh, we got tons more coming up. Like I said, next week, Milwaukee Brewers, more previews, infielders. We'll talk some relief, uh, relief pitchers, uh, and we'll save the starting pitcher for whenever they make a move if for the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll we'll save that. We'll we'll, we'll uh, just see what happens there. And once we hear news, obviously we'll talk about it. We'll bring on a guest and uh, break it down some more with a with a Brewers insider. Uh, and we'll also talk. Uh, we won't necessarily talk. I would say uh, Marquette or Wisconsin basketball right now because it's not a uh, necessarily the uh, it's not a great season for both of them at the moment. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll break down more. We'll talk some more Packers stuff. You know, NFL combines coming up, so we'll have to get Tex Western on from Acme Packing Company. I'll put in a call for him. Uh, you know, for a couple of weeks when he's down in Indianapolis. Uh, but other than that, folks, uh, for the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, this is Jay Kokorowski. Tune in again next week for another edition of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza.